Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park going on peasants it's your boy elon musk reporting to you live from a space satellite i heard you guys talking mad crazy shit because i built a submarine to help those broke thailand boys saying i didn't get there in time well guess what in order to combat the negativity and deal with all the haterism i've decided to help out with this donald trump situation i'm currently constructing a robot president he will be finished in the year 2047 long after donald trump is gone and most of you peons as well, dying from the disease known as brokenness. But once the robot is complete, he will then take over the country and run it the way it's supposed to be ran. That's all I got to say. Now, enjoy the hottest true crime podcast on the streets. You fucking broke peasants. I'm out. Hello, 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 folks, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? I'm Fran. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, it has been a weekend of upsets and amazing victories. Sadly, Serena Williams, the black excellence queen that she is, lost in the Wimbledon over the weekend, but she's still great. I hope that's not the last time that we see her on a tennis court, but if it is, we've truly been blessed over the last, like, 15 to 20 years of watching dominance so if that's her bow out i'm perfectly okay with that and also today france won the world cup i am not particularly uh one who is swayed either way by it but i do like to say the name mbappe mbappe is one of the guys on the team he's black france has a lot of black players on their team Mm -hmm. a lot of immigrants on their team from africa so even though France is, you know, known as a, you know, European country, black people got them that World Cup. So shout out to them. Shout out to Mbappe. I love saying that name. Anyway, Fran, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. My dog just turned one the other day, so I got a lot of love. I appreciate everybody on the page. Yeah. Show well, some love to my puppy. Congratulations to you, man. As you know, it was a rough week for me uh, with my dog, Bella, but she is feeling a lot better. Yep. That really was uh an eye-opening moment I, I love my dog very much but you're always like eh, you know i love my dog but it's like it's a dog mm-hmm. but she was not doing well at one particular night and i just broke down and started crying because i didn't know what to i didn't know how to help her mm-hmm. so we had to take her to the er and apparently she may have some kind of parasite they think it's giardia so they gave us the pills and now she's doing a lot better 
So that was a crazy little spell of, of sickness, mm-hmm. but she's feeling a million times better. And so, yeah, both of our puppies are doing great, and that's good to hear. Yep. Uh, I don't really know what else is so much going on in the world. Donald Trump went and visited Europe, and uh, oh, Europeans yeah. have a giant baby balloon floating over the sky while this man is doing his rounds and seeing the <laughs> queen and uh, 250,000 people flooded the streets to, to, uh, to protest him. Mm. It's, it's gotta be, you know something? I'm going to say something and I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying, but this trip to Europe for me with Donald Trump has turned me around a little bit on Donald Trump. It's like, I hate him so much that I respect how much he doesn't give a shit that we hate him. Mm. He does not care, man. And it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta respect that level of not giving a fuck off. You know, he's like, you, you guys are peons. I don't give a shit. I'm in here making money. I'm doing back backdoor deals. My company's doing great. I'm making all kind of money hand over fist for my family. And y'all are upset and got signs that rhyme. Suck my dick. Like, that legitimately is what he's going around mm-hmm. saying. He was at a golf course in Scotland, golfing, on a business trip. And there were people in the background like, no Trump, no KKK, no racist USA. In Scotland, mm-hmm. Scottish people rallied for us <laughs> to be like, fuck you, man. Uh, You're a piece of shit. He waved to him, smiled, was doing, like, whispers. Like, he probably was saying shit like, but you're still broke, though. Like, he had his, did that thing where you put your hand over uh, one side of your mouth. But he probably was like, yeah, but you're still broke as fuck, though. You know, like, he he just does not care, man. And also, he's so egomaniacal that he probably thinks they were saying great shit about him. It, he he is able to, if it's not going his way, he's able to fabricate it into thinking his way. It's something impressive about that level of delusion and not giving a fuck that is starting to make me go, I mean, we're kind of wasting our breath at this point, man. You know, so I, I, I've been kind of dialing back. You know, when I see something on Twitter funny, I retweet it or see something that's just mind-blowing, I retweet mm-hmm. it. But I'm not going on the rants like I used to. He knows how to beat you down into submission. <laughs> you know, I would say like a year ago to like 15 months ago, I was writing two paragraphs on Facebook. You know, this country, is. this has been an eye-opening moment in American history, mm-hmm. and I hope we can all come together to stop this. Man, I'm just like, I just say she's like, wow. And like, man, that's crazy. That's all I have. Or say. nothing, you know, or like, uh, well, and just say that to myself and move on. He's beating me in the submission, man. I don't know what else to say. That's what I, that's the only thing I did. I'd be like, wow. I'm defeated. It. What, I mean, what are you going to say? What, what, what is your opinion going to do? What is going to change? Not going to change. Not a damn thing. Nothing, man. <laughs> I see you going off on it. I was like, yeah, man, this dude's getting into it. I was like, I'm not even, I'm not nothing. even. I got into a lot of arguments <laughs> right around election time and a little bit after, but then at, at, at a point I was just like, well, this is a waste of my time, yeah. so let me just not argue with people anymore. I don't argue anymore. I just I let my opinion be known, and if you don't That's agree it. with my opinion, I'm like, well, I mean, hey, hey, it ain't going to change. Fine, man. I'm not going to convince you in this right. in 250 characters to, to think the way I think. So, oh well. But, I mean, what does that do anyway? You're right, it's not man. Like he sees him, like yeah, like these guys are right. I've tweeted him. I've been like <laughs> at real Donald Trump. Also, he has real in his name. That's so fucking gross. Man. He has like he's a SoundCloud rapper. Like at the real Donald Trump is our president. That's his Twitter handle. And I'll be like, you know what, man? You're despicable, man. You should be ashamed of yourself. He didn't read that. He's on Twitter too. He's, he's on, on Twitter, Twitter constantly. He might have us blocked if he even cares that much. He might. Oh, 
a thousand other nice tweets from me from eggs because you know all the people that show, show support to him are like eggs or a picture of an american uh, eagle or something like that what if he did see your tweet was like who is this alvin x williams yeah he probably looked it up saw me looking broke in my avi and was like oh he's a broke boy oh <laughs> oh that's cool melania bring me some eggs he probably like liked it and unliked it but he did it so fast <laughs> that it didn't pop up on your notifications didn't even, didn't even <laughs> me. tried to play mind games with me i didn't even catch it but yeah so yeah, I mean the world's crazy right now, folks. But on the bright side, uh, me and Fran have finished up the first round of letters. Fran will be leaving this podcast today with a handful of envelopes to send yep. out to you guys with stickers and a little message as well in there from us that I hope you guys like and appreciate. Also, before we jump into you know the hottest segment right now, good vibes. Uh, I wanted to cut a little promo for one of our listeners who who reached out to us. Named Marina Ramanelli. Look here, Marina Ramanelli. If you want the brothers of affirmation, you got them. If you're gonna be in my city next weekend and you wanna meet up and give us cereal, you have the audacity to wanna meet up with us? Then it's on, brother. This weekend, before the panic at the disco, it's gonna get raw. You wanna cut one? What was that a promo to her? Yeah, I like to do wrestling promos um, sometimes. No, I just told her, you know, if my I have get into, I have to check my schedule first, and then I had to see what appointments I have, and if my chauffeur is available, Jesus then I can make it. But if if not, then I can't. I can't be there. A chauffeur? Yes, sir. I can't drive, man. I'm too busy. You can't drive. You're too, too busy. I'm too busy. I'm sending out emails. You know, I'm just I'm too busy. All right. <laughs> but good luck on that if you go. In all seriousness, though. If you are in town and you would like to meet up and we're able to accommodate that, I think that would be really cool to make happen. Uh, she said something about being shy. I want to make this clear right now. The Facebook group is welcome to all people who want to even chime in and speak directly to us, speak to each other. There's no need to be shy. We're all family. But if you are just a person who likes to spectate, I'm like that sometimes. Sometimes I just like to watch people have a good time. Right. That's fine, Marina. And anybody else that is out there that feels the same way, just sit back and, you know, just just, just watch, you know, and, and like. That's fine. Yeah. We, we, no pressure. You don't need to come in and say something hilarious and try to win over the love of the group. That's 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 not what we're here for. We're just here to have a good time, man. So no pressure in that in any kind of way. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, yeah, but that'll be cool, though. I can... We can definitely pull that off to, to meet. Yeah, up I think so. It'd be cool, be cool to pop in. Yeah. I, I, the reason I'm pushing it with both of us is because if this is a catfish trick and this person is trying to Selena me, I thought about that. I don't want to. I don't want to be by myself. <laughs> if it's two of us, we show up and it's like, hey, you no, know, I'm Marina. Oh, I'm a hey uh, man. You know, hey. It's hey. like a big man with a little wig on pretending to be a a, a pretty young lady. I'd rather both of those be there so I can we can go. Yeah. All right, man, get it, hop in the charger and let's let's take off. Yeah. You know, let's not let's not linger around. Let's not have any Selena type scenarios happen uh, to us. Cause I know, I know the pitfalls that come with being the highest true crime podcast in the streets. Yeah. You can't be just out here lacking and <laughs> thinking everything's funny, funny, kiki. You got to be ready to hop in the whip if shit goes sideways. Right. Hey, you know I'm gonna ride with you, man. I'm not gonna let you go down there by yourself. Okay, man. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know. Most definitely. Now, with that being said, we should establish that she is bringing a cereal. So, I will be getting the cereal, and then you know. Says who? Well, what I would. Ass- you well, you know, we go down there. She hands us the cereal. We smile, maybe take a picture. But then the cereal was then coming home she's to gonna, my house. No, she's gonna give it to me because I'm friend star for one. Wow. So she's like, I want to give the cereal to friend star. I'm cool. I'm like, you can t- Alvin can have the picture. You know, you take a picture with him. I'm getting the cereal. 
and I'm gonna hop back in the whip and just wait. Oh, all right. And then I'll <laughs> close up the have the final words and say goodbye, yeah. and you just sit in the car. Yes, sir. And eat the cereal. Yeah, I'm gonna bring some milk. I'm wow, the whole ready. setup. Yeah, in the car. Yeah, fair I'm enough. Eat that right then and there. You know what, man? You know what? If it, Fran Star is spoken for, you look to see the monster you guys have created. You see what I have to live with now. I'm so down and, and, and feeling dark right now from the monster that you guys have all created. I need to feel better about what's going on in the world. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these good vibes. So let's get into it. Yes, yes, yes. The good vibes. Let them wash over you, everyone. It's time. It's time once again. Welcome back to another segment known as the good vibes segment. Fran, I would allow you to go first because apparently everything comes first to you when it comes to this podcast. Thank you, sir. Fran Star. Excuse me. Thank you. So my good vibes story this week is about these two sisters who haven't seen each other for about, uh, what it says, about 15 years they haven't seen each other. Oh, wow. So, these sisters, um, one of them is Ann Patrick, who is 88 years old. Okay. And the other one is 79-year-old Mark Margarita Wilson. Okay. It says, despite both despite both of them having Alzheimer's disease, mm. they immediately recognize each other during this, ha- this heartfelt reunion. Oh, wow. So, they have a video. I will post this video. Make sure you remind me about this also. A video about, about these them two. seeing each other? Yes, they haven't oh, seen wow. each other in 15 years. And then when they see each other, they, they hugged, smiled. They just they hold each other's hand. They couldn't even let each, each other's hands go. It was just so happy. But for them both to have Alzheimer's and then haven't seen each other in 15 years, but they can recognize each other as soon as they see each other, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a really sad disease. Yeah, so it's just... That's um, beautiful. It was just a short one today, but the video, the videos, which is what tells. That's it really all. cool. I'd like to see yeah. that. There's this documentary on. It was on Netflix at a point. I don't know if it's still in there. It's called Alive Inside, mm-hmm. and it's about this guy. He made a documentary about how music, um, is a tool used to help people with Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and they'll have these old people. I don't know a nicer way to say it. elderly people. They have these elderly people listen to songs that they know that they used to like. Like they'll find a song. Mm-hmm. All the songs sound like they used to play on like a sonophone. So it's like, uh-huh. and they'll play it. And then, but they'll go from not being able to talk, shaking, not being, you know, Alzheimer's just really messes up your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it, your brain just kind of it eats away. Like it just holes. And is that why? Is that sometimes that's why they don't remember? Them, and is that what makes them death? Is that what causes death? Death. Because you can die from Alzheimer's, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I only, I mean, I only know Alzheimer's for the uh, the anguish and the sadness and mm-hmm. people forgetting and also makes you kind of uh, scared because you don't remember people and then you're surrounded right. by people. You don't know why you're somewhere. If it causes death, that's not a, that's not a side effect that I'm familiar with. I'm only mm-hmm. familiar with the like the symptoms of memory loss. What do you mean like eating up at, eat up at your brain? You mean like as like, in like it just just forgets? Yeah, like you, you, memory? you forgets things. Yeah, okay. you, 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 uh-huh. yeah, stuff like that. But they play these they play the songs mm-hmm. that they know that they like, and even if they don't remember a person or whatever, they'll play the song and it'll make them go, "Oh, this was Chuck Berry." Mm-hmm. It and it's beautiful to see. Like they'll remember all these details. I used to my mother used to play this in the kitchen, and then they'll ask them the question like, "Do, do you know who I am?" 
it like brings them back a little bit. That's crazy. The power of music, man. It really mm-hmm. is. It's a powerful tool, man. That's very underrated. It invokes so many different kind of emotions and memories and 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 sensory things that it. This documentary is very beautiful. They showed a few cases of them uh, playing. It was a really old black dude. They played some like jazz for him, and he was he went from being totally out of it to in the moment. You know, very lucid, talking about it. Oh man, I love this song. He got damn right, damn right excited. Like shit, this is my jam. Uh, he might, he almost said that. You know, he shit, this is my shit. You know, so I think that's really cool. My good vibes segment this week is also very short. I just wanted to touch in and and let everyone know who, if you don't know, that all twelve of the kids and the coach have been uh, saved from the Thai caves. The entire soccer team has been saved. Uh, they are in a hospital right now recovering. Uh, there's been a photo of them um, giving a praise to what I believe this was the disconnect we had. One of the divers died. Oh, you thought that the coach oh. had died. One of the divers died. He was a he was a a Thai Navy SEAL. So like he does this. That's how hard that shit was to do. What uh, to get to them? He I mean, died trying. To, what, he had no in it, no oxygen. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, he I got stuck or something. He he passed away. Did you see trying the video? to save the kid of what? The, them being saved? No, them going through that tunnel. The thing. Oh, like them uh, with the kids. Some of them had cameras on while they were doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It, that it was, shit was insane. I'm like, how did they even get down there? They had to take very They had to take the thing off, put it. I was like, oh. Very claustrophobic. Hell no. Very claustrophobic. Oh, very claustrophobic. No. Those kids. It ain't no way. Those kids are very fortunate, very lucky to be alive. What I'm still amazed at is I don't know if they left a note or what, but how did people know to look there? You know, I That's didn't. Crazy. I haven't gotten that part of the story yet and all the stuff I've seen. It's just kind of been happiness and all that kind of stuff. But how did they know when these kids didn't come back mm-hmm. to go here? You know, because they could have just. Never been seen or heard from again. That's crazy. And then, That's you know, scary. 50 years from now, somebody's like, hey, man, I know about these caves. And they go down there, and it's just 12 skeletons in there. But That was a realistic possibility if nobody would have known they went down there. Well, unless the coach was like, beforehand, he was like, hey, we we're going to go, go to these caves. We're but not supposed to swim. how did they get down there? I, from what I know, it was very different before the rains came. That's insane. Before even... the rains came, it was, it was an easier cave. But it still was tight. But you could pop up and get air at at points, but it's because it it's like... it's so long. But you could pop up and get air before you get to the destination, which was, I guess, the end of the tunnel. What was the what was the travel time? I seen it was like half. What was like twenty minutes, half an hour, it's something like, like that. It wasn't easy. That's they had to get ins- one kid at a time. No, it was insane. it was a it was a journey, man. Those kids are very lucky to be alive. They were down there for weeks, like wow. like two weeks. That's insane. Two weeks they were down there. No food in the dark. I scared. Seen that, I seen that video. I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. There's no way. It, 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 those kids are very lucky to be alive, and they're very resilient. I, I would have had a panic attack pretty quickly in that whole thing. Most definitely. I don't know because I, I don't remember what the, the inside of the part they were at looks like, but there must have been a – it must have been shallow there because, like, I couldn't have tread water for two weeks. You know, it must have been – in there was just, like, a little cave where you could just sit and chill because I couldn't tread water for two hours. It had to be you know. like, and in the dark they had to sleep. So yeah, it must right. be shallow. They had to but sleep. They had to use the bathroom, like oh, oh, oh yeah, just like, oh that park. water around oh. them was gross. I'm sure because oh. it was tight. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, some big bear cave that right. they were stuck in. It was a very tight cave with limited oxygen. So I'm sure it was very gross Jesus. and uh, something they'll never forget. Mm. 
one of the funnier jokes I heard was uh, people were saying uh, Scarlett Johansson is now going to play all 12 of the kids because uh, she's been getting some flack because she's been taking people's roles, playing, okay. playing trans people. And she dropped out of the role, but playing trans people. And then she did that um, that anime movie, Ghost in the Shell. Everybody thought that an Asian person should have done that, but she did it, which is like, you know, I, I understand. Mean, it- I understand that, like, you know, trans people – the role should be a trans. I get, I get the argument, uh-huh. but there's no way you could put a trans actor in the in in a movie that Scarlett Johansson was up for, and it do the numbers that Scarlett Johansson was gonna do. Cause I couldn't name you, I couldn't name you three trans actors. I know Laverne Cox from Orange Is the New Black, and that's kind of where it ends. Now, the actor that's in this movie, I suppose, is supposed to be white. That's why they picked Scarlett Johansson. So I don't know any white trans actors that are famous. So. Just because she's not trans, don't you still want the the, the story told? Is is how I feel, you know, like seeing like uh, these movies, like um, what was that movie that won an Oscar a couple years? Moonlight, the, about the the black kid who was gay in Florida. Like seeing those stories, it, it for lack of a better word, it normalizes these people to mm-hmm. see a really good movie and a compelling story about a point of view in life that you don't know about. So I don't think trans people have come far enough to where. They're, they they have not the ability because they can do whatever they want, but to say we only want trans people in movies that are about trans people. Mm-hmm. But it's like, shouldn't you be happy that somebody's making a movie about trans people? I mean, even if they aren't getting that exact detail right, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not. I don't really have a comment on that. Mm-hmm. But like, shouldn't you be happy that your story's being told? You know, like I think there was a time in this country where black people were marginalized, you know, more than they are now. Still bad, but. Like, say, in the 50s, everybody was doing blackface and joking around, all this kind of stuff. But then that first, like, Roots or something came out that was telling the dark side of African-American history in this country. And you go, wow, yeah, man, that it's cool to hear the story being told. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't be offended if a white person was playing the guy that played Kuta Kente in Roots. Yeah, I'd be offended. But it's just it's a it's a difference that I can't understand because I'm not a trans person. But I think that you should want your stories to be told on a large scale. And Scarlett Johansson is one of the biggest actresses in the world. If she's signing on to tell tell your story, I would think she did that thinking she was being an ally. Like, oh, this story needs to be told. I can, I can, I can do this. This is a cool role mm-hmm. to normalize trans in the lexicon of, of regular society. Because everybody doesn't, you know, me and you, we don't know. We make it clear on this podcast. We're dumb, man. I don't know any trans people. So, I won't sugarcoat that and pretend like I'm this woke-ass person. I don't know any trans people. I don't know much about the trans day-to-day experience. So it would be cool to hear about that. There's a documentary on Netflix about Marsha P. Johnson I've been wanting to check out. But I don't know anything. I would assume you know just as much as I do. So if somebody's trying to tell a story, I'm open to hearing the story. You know, Even if they're not getting all the subtle details right about like, is this person that's doing the role, is they, are they actually a trans person? I mean, I don't know who Scarlett Johansson is, but it, I, I'm guessing she's on a level where she doesn't have an audition for the roles. No. Okay, okay. She's been in like, okay. all the okay. Avengers movies. Yeah, no, since, so I'm just yeah, saying. Oh, I just, yeah. I Scarlett Johansson is a big deal. That's what I'm saying. I, don't they audition roles? I'm like, I'm guessing she's not in that 
Yeah, no, that, they that don't audition roles. Do that, right. Sometimes when you're big enough, they'll write a role and they're like, with they'll write a role with you in mind. Like, okay. oh, I would love for Danny DeVito to play this. Uh-huh. Or I would love for Tom Hardy to play this. She's at that level where they're like, okay. right. she's a type where it's like, you know who we need in this movie? Like a Scarlett Johansson-y kind of girl. That's what I, that's what I was asking because I'm like, why was it so much backlash if... If they do auditions to roles, I'm guessing I'm like, well, she must still do that. Yeah, no, no, no. They, she, yeah, no, she didn't audition. Right okay. But my my point is, I I understand what you're saying, and and I think that that would be more likely in a movie that was more independent. Whatever movie that Scarlett Johansson is signing up for, they're planning on it making some money. Mm. So you, it's not about not having a trans actor. It's like I couldn't name you a trans actor right now who's bankable, like a person that puts butts in the seats who's trans. Now, when that happens, you can say like the opportunity should come, but you gotta you gotta hit the ground, man. You gotta hit the ground, get these projects made, make people aware and want to hear your story, and yeah. then then you get the bigger movie. It's like you gotta make the small little movie that takes people's hearts, and then you can make the big movie that gets a big budget and everybody goes to see. But you gotta start with the, the smaller, like the Dallas Buyers Clubs and these kind of movies, like smaller movies first and then you get the, the Dallas Buyers Clubs and in, in, the, in the movies where everybody's seeing this Oscar buzz and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. I don't know again I'm out of my element I'm not looking for any kind of you know sassy comments on Twitter back about what I'm saying mm-hmm. because again I don't know any trans people you know <laughs> so and maybe I'm speaking on a topic that I don't know anything about but I don't think that gives you the right or that makes it where I can't I just shouldn't say anything yeah. that's I mean, not the world I live in I, I say what I want I, I totally agree with you it's just at the end of the day, it's about that cash. So exactly, it's like <laughs> rather you like it like, or not. Like. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson isn't trans. You should have Barbara Matheson play that role instead it's, of Scarlett Johansson. Like we don't know who we don't know who that is. Yeah, I'm mean, not gonna go see that movie. Right, but I mean, you can be like, okay, I get it. I get why you're saying I understand, that. Yeah, I understand. But like, come on, but man. what trans actor is going to make exactly. more money? Exactly. In that movie, than Scarlett Johansson, because people would be like, "Well, what, what was that? I mean, exactly, what is, like, that why, about, like, yeah, what is that? Who is that? <laughs> why? You know, because like Scarlett Johansson, she's not Will Smith, but Will Smith is Will Smith level, where it's like he can sell a movie. Yeah. That movie, Bright, I didn't know what the fuck that movie was about, but I was like, Will Smith is in it. Yeah, the the the, the other cop looked like Shrek. And it's fairies and oh, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. shit. I didn't know what the hell was going Me? on, but I was like, but Will hey, Smith it's Will Smith is in it. You know what I, I mean? Exactly. So that's what it is, bankability. Yeah. He was able to get butts and seats. So, you know, I don't know. That's my, that's my thoughts on that. But again, I'm not trying to linger on that too long. If it's not been clear, we've been doing this over 40 episodes now. So we already, you already know what we do here. I'm not, I can, I can we can talk about what we want to talk about because you know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. We talk about fucked up shit here. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. I want to leave you guys in honor of uh, the new documentary that's out. I hear it's amazing. I'm going to get to it when I get to it. Whitney, the new Whitney Houston documentary that just came out. Oh, it's yeah. her story in her words is what the poster said. Is it on? What is it on? I think it came out in theaters, which okay. means I'm going to get it off the fire stick. Uh, you know, no, I'm sorry, but Whitney Houston isn't alive. She's not going to get my ticket money. Oh, that, who am I paying? Bobby Brown? No, not happening. Not on my watch. <laughs> Not on my watch. I will not put money in Bobby Brown's pockets. But anyway. Oh, I like that. Oh, like that. Good yeah, play on words. That was slick. That was slick, man. <laughs> anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to leave you with a little Whitney Houston dance with somebody. This song just gets me going. I love this song. So we're going to leave you with that. When we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stay tuned.
All right, folks, and we are back. Once again, I will let you guys know we appreciate the reviews have been coming in hot. Um, you guys have been saying some very kind things. You guys don't know how much it means to us. It is really crazy to see it used to, you know, it used to be on their reviews. Our first five reviews were from a couple of close friends of ours, Fran and me. Those were our first reviews. And now we have over 100 um the facebook group the numbers are crazy so many cool conversations being had twitter's blowing up the the murderly network is doing great so many awesome podcasts on there so we just want to continue to have the trajectory go up and and like i said already we got stickers going out to people who have sent us um their addresses just to show some love and some thanks we aren't asking for money for them it's just a thank you for listening and being on this ride with us and hopefully you stay on the ride and hopefully the ride continues to be fun. Cause it's yep. been fun the, so far is, it's, it's been all up, yep. you know, it's just, you know, it's been loops and all kind of stuff. It's just been really cool. And we really appreciate you guys listening. Yes, we do. And, uh, the article that, that yes, came that there. was really cool. Yeah. Um, there was some really big podcasts on that list as well, but we made the cut. That's really cool. Um, I think it was on, Crime. I can't remember the website that it was on. Crime Reads. Crime Reads. Crime Reads. If you can find the woman's name, I want to give her credit. It should be at the bottom. It's um, it's on crime we- crimereads.com. And the woman who wrote the article did something that we have not been able to do as two people who do this podcast every week, which is summarize this to people in under two paragraphs. I thought that that was very impressive. I think she, I thought she encap- encapsulated what we are and what we do as a podcast and um emily is it emily um it should be yeah whatever emily whatever emily that stein name, emily stein I, i'm 100 percent sure that's what okay it is. all right emily stein she captured who we are as a podcast in under two paragraphs and did it in a way that even me as a as a person who was a part of this podcast was like yeah wow that is what we do huh like i didn't realize it until it was said to us from an outside perspective so Really appreciate her. Some other awesome podcasts on there. Really great. One podcast that's not on there that I really think is great that I think you guys should check out before I jump into my story is the is a five-part series done by the New York Times called Charm City. And it's about the post it's about it's about post Freddie Gray Baltimore and kind of how the city has been since the riots. And it also is told from the perspective of two mother two mothers. One of the mothers lost a son uh, to a to a police security officer shooting. At, up at Coppin University, mm-hmm. and the other of the other mother is the mother of the woman who lost the son. So you get these oh, two wow. generations, and the the grandmother's telling how it was when she was raising her daughter, and then the daughter's telling her story of how she was raising her son, whose name was Nuck, I believe. And they have footage, and you know, corner boys on the podcast. The lady went out and did interviews with corner boys, and. It just is so real, and even if you're not from Baltimore, it's very it's very um, captivating. But if you are from Baltimore, it's just funny to just hear that those accents and and just you know just you know people. It's a dude cusses out a cop on like the third episode, like man, fuck you, dummy. You know, it's just crazy to hear that on the New York Times podcast. That's so, what they say here. Yeah, so it, it was it was it's a really cool podcast. I, I highly recommend that. And all of the podcasts that are on that list w- along with us, I, um, I highly recommend all of those. Anyway, friend, are you ready for my affirmative murder this week? Yes, sir. Okay. My affirmative murder for this week is the story of Nikki Whitehead and the Twins of Terror. Okay. I've never <clears> heard <throat> that one before. Yeah. Well, fucking buckle in. 
Nikki Whitehead was literally born in prison. Her mother was doing time for drug possession. Nikki was raised by her grandmother, who had taught who had a, who had a tough time keeping her on the straight and narrow. At only 17 years old, Nikki ended up pregnant with twins, mm. naming the girl the girls Tasmaya and Jasmaya Whitehead, known okay. as Taz and Jazz. Okay. For 12 years, the trio tried to live with Nikki's grandmother. It always falls on the grandparents, man. Oh, uh, is that is that the two daughters and the mom? The two daughters and the mom okay. tried to live, you know. The yeah. grandma. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the girl's great grandmother. Well, yeah, she was she was Nikki's grandmother, but she was the twins' great grandmother. Okay. I lived with my great grandmother at a point. I, you know, I, I I understand, but we didn't overstay our welcome. Mm-hmm. We just we had just came back from Vegas. But you know the 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 matriarch of the family always got your back. You know you can yeah. always lay your head at grandma's house, but don't overstay. Don't have grandma raising your kids. You know, yeah. like come on. They did their job already. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, they 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 tried to um, work it out living with um, Nikki's grandmother. Nikki dreamed of giving her daughters a better life, so Nikki and the twins moved about twenty miles away to Conyers, Georgia. The young mom made sure her girls had the advantages that eluded her putting them in dance and music classes. The girls were straight-A students but ho- with hopes of one day going to Harvard. But their path to success was dramatically diverted when the girls hit high school. You know, that's when those hormones kick in. Yeah. Boys start looking at you different. I, I would imagine. I-, I-, I mean, I was one of those boys, so I, w- I-, <laughs> I-, I can imagine. I don't know what it's like as a girl, but like <coughs> something happens on that summer break from 8th grade to ninth grade, and then, you know, you- they come back, and it's like, Oh, I like girls now. You yeah. know, before it was like, I didn't like give a, a jokey shit. joke. You know, like ah, oh, whatever. She, she, you know, I might smack her butt or yeah. something in eighth grade. Yeah. But once you can, it's like, oh, I think I want you to be my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it, something <laughs> that that summer from eighth to ninth grade, something biological real, happens yeah. for like every. It just it's a switchover where it's like, oh, I need her phone number so we can go on a date or something. You know, like yeah. it, it's crazy. You so. get a little aggressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not too aggressive though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to end up on any kind of posters or anything like that. No, no, no. Just no, the no. right amount of aggressive yeah. that is consensual. Yes, sir. Anyway, continuing. No, I'm just saying I want to protect you, friend, because I don't want to. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't want you to get pulled up on some crazy shit. People misconstruing what you said, and now you are the poster child for me too. Yeah, I don't want you to end up like that. You know, with the Me Too movement. Yeah, I don't oh, want you to. Cause I they think you saying you being aggressive. No, no, no. We don't grab the pussy unless no. the pussy's asked to be grabbed because it's consensual and we love consent. Yes, I agree. Yes. All right. Um. So yeah, they moved twenty miles away, try to give the kids a better life, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then their path to success changed when they got into high school. Taz and Jazz bitterly resented their mother's discipline. And soon the rage would boil over when Nikki took away Taz's cell phone. Uh-oh. It was clear that Nikki was losing control of the twins. So she was trying to be Miss, Miss Sergeant Mom, which works on some kids. But what I will say as a child with a, a one negligent parent, if my dad tried to come in hot when I was like, 15 and go way left like you know what you follow the rules and da 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 be like what the fuck like huh. what is this man you haven't been around so Nikki was like that Nikki was a in and out kind of parent she okay. wasn't always around but then she got custody of her kids and moved them away from their great their great grandmother who was raising them uh-huh. and then she tried to be like this is my house you follow my rules and they're kind of like you haven't even been Nana raised us right 
you know, like, who are you to take my phone away? And this is and you moved us away from our friends and that kind of energy. Yeah. So they didn't really get along. And they're gr- women, girls and their moms. It's tough in that age, that teenage age. You see, you'll see soon. Oh, yeah. You'll see soon. I, I can wait for it, though. But yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. Now, these are two girls, right? Yeah. And the mom. Uh-huh. Now, I don't want to ruin your story, but I think I know the story, but go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, if you know it, I think just keep I know it to yourself. Story. Okay. And, you know, yeah. Okay. Nikki made a frantic 911 call when she discovered Jazz had snuck out in the middle of the night to meet her boyfriend. Two once-sweet girls had suddenly morphed into twin terrors. Congress police officer Myra Scruggs responded to a call from Nikki after yet another blowout. At the time, the twin told the officers they didn't want to live with their mom and insisted on moving back with their great-grandmother, where the rules were relaxed. You know, they could go out, play hide-and-go-freak, TV tag, and all those kind of games, stuff like that. Uh, But after interviewing Nikki, Taz, and Jazz, Officer Scruggs says she had an unsettling feeling. The girl seemed very innocent, very sweet, but the look in Nikki's face, she was fearful of those children. She knew that they worked together. After a few hours, everything appeared to have calmed down. The girls were just ready to go. They said, okay, we're going to go upstairs to our room and we're going to go to bed. And maybe we'll just call great grandma tomorrow and maybe we'll go see her. And they left it like it was all okay. But Officer Scruggs had a gnawing feeling that something just wasn't right. Instead of leaving the subdivision, she stayed close. I knew it wasn't over, said Scruggs. Within, I would say, three or four minutes, I could hear screaming coming from the direction of the house. Both of them jumped on her and began to beat her. Nikki managed to get away and call 911. Officer Scruggs rushed back to the house. Nikki was running out of the house with a cordless phone in her hand. Hysterical, said Scruggs. I pulled up and I asked her what happened. She said as soon as I left that the girls had attacked her. So, you know, the lady, her instinct was right. She said, they're acting cool or whatever, but they're mad at this lady. Mm-hmm. They're mad at their mom. So I'm going to stay close. And they, she didn't, was, they didn't wait. No, nah, she was like, they they probably were like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go upstairs. Goodbye, officer. And they're like, bitch, lady, yeah. fuck you up. Dumb bitch. <laughs> Bye, officer. Have a lovely day. They talk at the same time. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. That's creepy. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Taz and Jazz tell an entirely different story. The twins said, Once we went back in the house after you left, our mother became abusive with us, told us we were not going anywhere, and started to beat us. Scruggs then said the physical evidence clearly showed that Nikki was the victim. She had scratches on her neck, scratches on her chest, and she was hysterical. I mean, it was two of them. I mean, what? Yeah. Why would you even... They they jumped that story. Yeah, but like <laughs> you guys, you jumped your mom. Like uh, you, she beat us. Like you don't have any scratches on you, but your mom's like bleeding. Right. Get out of my house. You get uh, the phone. I, you how dare you? And they're just they don't have any scratches on them. Right. And your mom's bleeding from her nose, and she, yeah. they're like, well, no, she beat us. Yeah. You got cuts on your your knuckles. Like what are we talking about? You, yeah. Of course you did it. Like <laughs> you mean she attacked both of you guys. This is, this is <laughs> This time, Jazz and Taz are taken into custody and charged. They are in and out of court for years and ordered, along with their mother, to undergo counseling. Family members knew the twins resented Nikki, but mostly chalked it up to being rebellious teenage phase. But these mother-daughter spats were nothing compared to the next time the cops were called to the house on January 13, 2010. 
The girls were in an absolute panic. The twins told the twins told police they came home from school to find their mother dead, lying in bl- in a blood soaked tub. Yep. Police say Nikki Whitehead was stabbed eighty times with a kitchen knife. Her spinal cord was nearly severed. Nikki and her daughters had a history of arguments and trouble, but it was unfathomable to think that these two petite 16-year-olds were capable of murder. Immediately after the horrendous discovery, the twins are consoled by police who are simply looking for answers. Who would want Nikki dead? Cops soon learn that the girl's father has an airtight alibi. He was living in Canada at the time of the murder. Then the girls themselves tell investigators that Nikki has two boyfriends. Was a love triangle what sparked the murder? She lived with Robert, and she also had a boyfriend named Joe. Every side dude is always is always some dude without a job, with a big old dick, who can just come, you know, come to the girl wherever whenever they need, and, and and lay it down, you know. But Robert pays the bills. I what man? <laughs> I'm just saying, that's just the fact. Ask any girl on Twitter <laughs> who their what's their side dude's name, Joe, or like Mike. It's always like a, a like a plumber name, Joe, Mike, Jay, just Jay. It, you know, I'm not speaking from experience, man. I, I, well, I haven't been cucked. I'm not a cuck. Nobody has cucked me. I'm just speaking from seeing the Twitter conversation. That's all I'm saying. I'm not weird. You're weird. Shut up, Fran. <laughs> What? Nah, man. You're looking at me. I told you it wasn't me. I'm not of someone, a victim of a side dude <laughs> piping down my girl. I'm just saying Twitter conversations. I've seen them. I'm just. I'm so just swipe laughing. that look off. Your I'm face. just laughing because I'm not a cuck. I'm just laughing. The side, the side dude is the one that's packing up. According <laughs> to Twitter, according to Twitter, according to 2010 Twitter, yes. Now this story. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did this story because they have um, I think it's a documentary about this story I believe I've seen it on might TV might be uh, there's a Crime Watch Daily episode yeah I've seen it on TV it was, I, I just that excuse was bullshit it was the it came from school yeah it oh it one. gets it gets yeah. their excuse gets worse <laughs> I haven't even gotten into how bad their excuse is okay so anyway the twins had indicated that she had two boyfriends mm-hmm. Robert who she lived with and Joe who was her side dude uh the twins had indicated that Robert overheard her speaking to her, the other boyfriend on the phone and indicated that Robert had confronted Nikki about the infidelity. But as cops began to began tracking leads and long before detectives ha- had Taz and Jazz in a quiet interrogation room, they noticed something odd on the drive to the headquarters. One of the twins was observed in the back of the ambulance and was seen biting her arm. We stopped her and asked her, hey, what are you doing? Which is, I think that's the funniest uh, response to kids doing weird kid shit. I, <laughs> which I, I don't know if that's weird kid shit, but me and Sierra went on a trip with her, some of her friends to the beach a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we were chilling out at the beach, and some kid took a pail down to the water, scooped up salt water from the ocean, and brought it up to the beach, put the bucket in the sa- in the sand, and dunked his head in the water, and pulled his head out and spit the water out to the side, like, Ugh. like duck. He was bobbing for apples, but it was no, it was nothing in it but salt water. Mm. He did that like five or six times, and then he picked the bucket up, went over to his dad who happened to be behind us, and then he was like, "Dad, look!" And he started doing it. His dad was like, 
man, what are you doing? Stop. Like, yeah. just super weird. Like, yeah, kids what, do, what are you doing? Stop doing that. So like, Sophia, just, <laughs> Sophia did some weird shit. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, like, why you just, stop doing that. Like, <laughs> as adults, we like, that's idiotic. Yeah, why would like, you, yeah, what are you doing? doing but yeah. as kids, they don't, they don't know any better. So I was like. Yeah, so they look back and either Taz or Jazz was biting her arm. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, we know why she was doing that. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we don't know yet, Fran. Oh, okay, we don't sorry. all know yet. Okay? No spoilers. Okay. So they said, what are you doing? And she explained that she does that when she gets upset. In a quiet interrogation room, a startling comment catches Detective Ken Swift off guard. He says, these girls were hugging each other. And when I, when I said, what can I do to make things easier for you? They turned and looked at me and said, can we watch CSI? Did he say the team I imagine <laughs> everything that they do is at the same time for me in the story. They they speak in unison for uh, the whole story. So yes, they did. And immediately the hairs on the back of my neck stood straight up. Essentially, it was right then that it was like, okay, this is something is very off. That's creepy. Yeah. As fuck. Police noticed something even more suspicious: the girl's complete lack of em- empathy for their mothers being dead. They would cry a lot, but it was tearless crying or crocodile tears, you know, said Conyers, police department captain Jackie Dunn. When I would ask them to describe their mother, they would use very insulting words about their mother. During the interview, detectives observed the twins are still wearing gloves. Asked about a scratch, one of the twins says she got into a fight with the other. So they almost have this built in alibi that they're leaning on where they can go. Well, I was with her. Mm-hmm. Or she did this to me, and you can't really. So it it is a solid attempt at trying to. Did they like rehearse it or something? It's that twin. <laughs> That's why twins are so creepy, man. They just they connect. just enter each other minds. Yeah. Creepy as shit, man. So they said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, no, I'm wearing gloves because Taz scratched me. So that's why I'm wearing gloves." And then Jazz is like. Yeah, and I'm just wearing gloves because when she wears gloves, I wear gloves. And it's like they don't even have to like rehearse it because they already know exactly. What to... And then wow. you go, well, I mean, I don't have a twin, so I guess that's <laughs> like like twin shit. I don't know. They wear gloves together. I don't. You know, you just gotta. <laughs> hey, all right, all right. It's like moving on. Well, that's an alibi to me, I guess. So yeah, so um, as they weaved their story to the cops back at the bloody crime scene, investigators uncovered physical evidence yielding valuable clues. And in Taz's bedroom, what could be the most morbid piece of the murder puzzle? I noticed that there was a small pair of brown boots that had a significant amount of blood in them. And they are in a shoebox, said Detective Swift. I found a clump of hair, which normally a clump of hair is, isn't, is insignificant in a female's house simply because there's hair everywhere. And I live with a woman. So, yes, that is true. Ladies, you got hair everywhere. Yep. Okay. All in your butt. Oh. <laughs> wow. You ain't, um, are you so you telling me you never had to pull a piece of hair? Pull a piece of hair from where? <laughs> out your, a out butt? your pants? What? Out your pants. Like, it's just a piece of hair just I caught you. Were at, your man, I thought you were just asking me if I've ever had to pull a piece of hair from a girl's butt. No, what? I thought that's no. what you were asking me. And no, the answer's no. <laughs> what are no, you asking no. me? A piece of hair being in your pants. You're just like, oh, it's a piece of hair. Yeah. Pull it out. But That's it's usually mean. from my girlfriend's head. That's what I mean. Okay. You said there's hair everywhere. I thought saying... you were saying you had butt hairs on your pants, man. No, it's not what it's saying. I don't know what kind of situation you <laughs> no. got going on at your house. That's not That's not. But nothing I don't have booty I hairs. Saying. I don't have booty hairs on my pants. I don't. <laughs> We're going to move on, man. 
And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a, I'm gonna throw a flag, just a warning one. What? You've been getting a little racy as of late. What do you mean? I have family that listens to this show, and you've been crossing the line, man. You mean racy? What I do? Butt hairs? What? Come on, man. What do you mean? That's vulgar, bro. I'm gonna have to make this an explicit episode. So you never had a piece of bu- hair? Butt hair? No. Hair from your from your, your girlfriend's head that's lying around. That's get, not what you just started to your... say again. You started to say butt hair again, and I caught you. But, so what we're gonna do? But I mean, but that's where it's at though. It's it's in in your butt, so you pull it. Out. Wait, <laughs> what are you? Now you're saying that you have your girl's hair in your butt. Is that I'm what you just said, saying, man? I'm not saying in my I'm not saying in my ass. I'm not saying in, in my my ass crack. I mean, is you pull a piece of hair from out your pants where uh-huh. your butt is? You never had a piece. You never had to do that. Off my pants, sure, man. You keep kind of uh, alluding to your butt uh, that it's on your butt, in your butt. I don't have boot butt booty hairs in my butt. I've never had to pull <laughs> hairs from a butt. I don't know how you get down, man. But that's your business, you know. And that's fine. I don't kink shame. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get back to my story. No, man. You and the it. flag has been thrown, and it's been a warning. And you know, I'm letting you, you know. know what I mean. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> so there was a hair in a boot. Okay? The hair was in the boot. The The boot was in the shoebox. And the detective thought that was strange because it was hair that was pulled from the scalp. It was a clunk of hair. It was a clump of hair, like pulled from the head. Mm-hmm. From the head, wrapped in a napkin, and stuffed down into the in toe. In a napkin? Yeah, and then stuffed down into the toe of the shoe. Like, in it, deep in the shoe. Like, to, like it was hidden. Just throw it in the trash or flush it down the toilet. She wanted to keep it, maybe. Like a, like oh, a okay. souvenir or like a prize, you know? So, um, investigators begin to realize it's no former boyfriend or husband who carried out this murder. The killers are right under their noses. The twins' lives began to unravel further when the detectives retraced their movements on the day of the murder. The twins told police they missed the bus to school and had to walk. They told police they left at 7.30 a.m., but surveillance video from a nearby gas station shows that the twins did not walk to school that day. They actually hitched a ride from a stranger. We began catching them in lies concerning their um, time frames or their details, said Swift. They began to be very angry and would become argumentative and very uncooperative. And the high school surveillance video shows the twins in the hallway hours in the hallway hours after they told police they had arrived at school. We were able to determine that they arrived there at mid-morning when they told us that they were only about 10 minutes late for school. So that difference, if I'm remembering high school, is like high school for me started at like 7.30. They said they got to school at like quarter to eight when really they got to school at like 10.30. And that's a big difference in school-wise. That's like third period. You missed, you've missed two or three periods right. by then, you know? So that's a big difference and an accountable difference. You can go ask their teachers, you know, were they there or not, you know? So, but that's that uncooked brain. They were 16 and they thought these were good lies. They didn't think that through at but all. But they, they were easily able to poke holes in these lies. But at the time they thought they were killing it, you know? We're going to go to Harvard someday. So we're really smart. We have A's. So we'll just tell them ba 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 and ba 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 and they'll believe us. Wrong. <laughs> uh, detectives separate the teens putting them in different interrogation rooms. Being apart seemed to wear them down. Mm-hmm. But with only circumstantial evidence prior to the testing, the testing prior to testing what was found in the home, cops 
can't hold the girls. They are released to their great-grandmother, and for the next four months, Taz and Jazz lead a normal life, going to school, hanging out with friends, and even attending prom. And those wow. photos are up on Murderpedia.com. Oh, of, really? Of, like, their prom photos. Post-murder of their mother. Smiling. Cheesy. Oh, yeah, having a good time. Pro- having a good time. Um, meanwhile, police are watching, waiting, and testing the evidence, quietly building their case. We found items in their closet that had blood and had blood on them. And so when we were trying to distinguish whose blood, you cannot determine between twins because they have the same DNA, said Captain Dunn. So I'm impressed because one of them could have just flipped on the other one and been like, well, that's her DNA. You know, Mm. we have the same one. She did the whole thing. I didn't do anything. Well, they can just be like, but for the cops, it's like, it's either the twins or it's the mom's blood, right? Well, no, the mom would have different DNA. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm saying they Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either one of the twins. Right. Oh, yeah, it's definitely one of y'all's. Right. But I'm just saying me, but again, I don't know that twin bond. But I'm just saying it could have, they could have been like, one of them could have said, I didn't have anything. I didn't do this. I just was protecting my sister. But, I, you know, that, that bond, you know. That's how you fuck shit up. That's if one of them, you mean one of them. I mean, they got them. They, they, this is unraveling. I'm yeah. saying once it started to unravel, I might have, they might have could have slipped me a deal. Oh. But. <laughs> I'll get to that. But I'm just saying, I might have been able to have been flipped on my twin brother, my hypothetical twin brother, if the shit started to cave down where they're like, well, you know your blood's there, and we found the hair clump. So, And also, we know you didn't get to school when you said, you, you know you fucked up, right? That's how they get him and put him in two different rooms? Oh, yeah. Well, you know she already told on you, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, your sister has told us that you did all of this, and she just was there trying to tell you you don't. And she's like, no, uh that's not what happened. It was her, you know, and, <laughs> and boom, man. there you go. I watch enough first 48. I, I know. I know. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, and then a startling clue, almost as if it came from the, from beyond the grave to Nikki's credit. She did not go down without a fight and she left evidence on her, on one of her girls as a marker said Swift earlier. Police saw Taz biting her arm and she explained it was a nervous habit. Detectives say she was trying to cover up Nikki's bite mark on her arm by biting into it herself to kind of throw it off. But that didn't work. We had a dental examination of Nikki's teeth and they matched the bite on the twin said done. And autopsy results revealed another grim detail. They found human hair between Nikki's teeth. So Nikki was scuffling for her life. She bit them on the head or so maybe when she bit the arm, I don't know how long these girls' hair was, but maybe some of their hair got was on their like on their arm while they, they were choking their mom, and they bit when she bit down on her hand. Maybe she got a little bit of her hair in their mouth. That's you know so, or maybe she had hairy forearms. I don't know, but yeah. she bit down on that girl hard. But how how would she bite over b- teeth marks? I guess again, this is that uncooked brain. But I mean, I don't know how desperate I would be if I saw that I had. I understand the logic of saying. Well, I have bite marks on my arm. If I if I bite it, then I'll just say I bit my arm. Mm. Not thinking of dental records. You're just saying like, how'd you get a bite mark on your mm. arm? Well, I did it. I bit my arm when I get nervous. Mm. But then she didn't think about the dental records, them being able to match the teeth marks. And you're not gonna. I don't care how much these girls fuck their mom up. You got to be a certain kind of psycho 
to bite your arm hard enough to break the skin. That's, that's what, like the sign of a true psycho. That's what I mean. Like, so I would assume she was only like lightly biting that's her what arm. I'm, like, how do you bite into? You already have bite marks that probably hurt. Yeah. Are you gonna bite like? How but I'm saying when that second bite probably wasn't as hard. She just wanted to be seen biting her arm so she could say, "Oh, got you. I, I got bit. You. I, I did you. this. Okay, I got you. What was he already? I did it. Okay. You know. I don't think she bit it hard the second time. That's what I, I was think. Thinking. She just was saying like." Let them see just me them biting see me. my arm, right, and right, I did right. it. I bit, I bit my arm, mm-hmm. but not thinking about the dental records. Yeah, well, we're gonna test it anyway. We're gonna. Yeah, well, we're gonna take out. a picture. And, you know, <laughs> okay, well, I don't know why you would need to, cause it's they're my teeth. Okay, well, it's just formality. Right, Taj, Taj. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, so um, the dental records were a match to the bite mark on her arm, and cops were cops were quickly zeroing in on what appeared to be two pretty little liars. And on the last day of school before summer break, with enough probable cause, detectives arrest Taz at her home and then police go to Rockdale High and nab her sister Jazz. Mm. We decided we were going to arrest them on the last day of school for fear they were going to take flight out of the country to avoid charges. Maybe go to Canada, six, 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 to hang out with their dad, you know, and and be across a border and, you know, you can't extradite. I mean, maybe they can, but it was smart to do because their dad probably was like, Dancing with some woman like I don't even have kids in Canada, you know. But like I don't, we don't know. I would assume he was a deadbeat, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. But you live in Canada, and you, your, your, no your mom and your daughters are going to court and don't want to live together, and you aren't getting stepping in. He probably was just up there doing his own little mm-hmm. Canada thing, eating maple syrup and Canadian bacon, just starting over. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> That's just a crazy concept to me. Like, man, I didn't, I didn't want kids when I was twenty five, but I had one. But I'm gonna go ahead and move to another state and get a fresh start. You know, like everybody deserves a second chance. What? Insane. You have two kids in the world. Well, you know, you know, can't 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 change life. Say some shit like that. Like, but I'm gonna go ahead and I gotta focus on me. I gotta live my life. Can't win them all. Like, what, yeah, the- what does that have to do with anything? What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so um, the twins are charged with felony murder and aggravated assault in their mother's death. Mm. Police didn't quite understand what the motive was, but they were about to hear a truly shocking story. The identical twin sisters were caught in a web of lies and incriminating evidence. The 16-year-old girls are hauled off to jail, keeping silent about the chilling crime, but after nearly four years awaiting trial, the twins finally come forward with a stunning admission, confessing to the brutal attack and murder on tape. The confession video is online, but I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of how it went down. So, Jazz. I think I picked up a knife and I stabbed her. I think I stabbed her in the stomach. It was multiple times. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said, what? I think? I I think. (laughs) I don't know. It was like a knife or something. Very, you know. But I will give them credit. I guess credit. (laughs) They are emotional in the video. Okay. But I'm not going to I'm not going to tap into my that part of me for this. I'll save that for another time. I'm going to read it straight and not get too emotional about it because they don't they don't deserve it because it's all this is all bullshit. I don't like I think. think. Yeah, I think I don't know, like a knife or something. And then I stabbed her. I think I stabbed her in the stomach. It was multiple times. Taz. I think I had her hands and Jazz had her feet. It's kind of like a joint effort. She was heavy. No, that's shade. She threw shade at her mom, being overweight. We just put her in the tub, and the water was turned on. And the detective said, 
at some point in time that morning, you did realize that morning that your mom was dead. And then Taz said, yeah. As a part of a deal with the state to avoid trial, Taz and Jazz pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter. Both were sentenced to 30 years in prison. But the question remains, what really happened on that dark day? This is crazy. By their account, they were up till two or three in the morning. They didn't want to get up when they were awakened to go to school by their mother. And I think that's what sparked the attack and the confrontation, said Dunn, the detective. They killed their mother and then, they, and then spent a couple hours fabricating parts of the crime scene and cleaning it up. And then they went to school so they would have an alibi. So that, that isn't premeditated to me, but they were fully aware of what they were doing and they tried to cover it up. So whether it was a crime of passion and you and your mom, they, they got in an argument because they, she tried to wake them up for school and they didn't want to go to school. They said that she, the mom came in and was trying to hit them with a pot and then they just reacted and all this kind of stuff. Whether any of that's being said, they still cleaned up the crime scene, went to school to try to pretend like they had been to school the whole time and didn't call the police until they got home from school. So they left her... The dead mother in the bathtub until went to school wow. and came back from school and then were like, oh, my God, we just got home from school. The, the, our mom's dead in the tub. How do you go by the rest of your day just like, like what? I don't know, man. It's crazy. Detectives say they found a journal in the home that revealed a premeditated plan to murder their mother for some time. They would write back and forth. They would write back and forth to each other over how much they disliked their mother and would even get to the point that they said in their writings that if they if they didn't get rid of her soon, they weren't going to be able to. So that's premeditation right there. Yeah. So I don't they they're lucky that they were able to I don't know if they didn't have enough evidence, but the fact that they were able to get a deal is crazy because if that would have come up in court, they would be going they would be doing life. And I don't know what Georgia has, but that they could have got the death penalty. So they took their 30-year sentence off of a confession and called it a day. They're like, that's the best you're going to get. The worst you're going to get is forever. Mm. This was an act of rage. The two girls had planned this event for the two, the two girls had planned this event, said Detective Swift. Cops believe Nikki never stood a chance in the savage attack. The bloody path even extends to outside the home, suggesting Nikki managed to get away, but the girls dragged her back to the house to finish her off. At some point, Nikki escaped and made it to the house next door, said Dunn. When, he, when we interviewed that resident, he recalled, he recalled someone yelling and, her, and he heard someone ring his doorbell. He was in bed at the time and didn't get up to investigate. That is, can you imagine like, help me, help me. You're like, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Oh, man, them, those bill collectors are getting real uh, aggressive these days. I don't know. Well, you know, they'll go away eventually. Just, like, not even get up to check wow. or nothing, you know? I would assume he had blood on his door, too, if he was as cut up as as they say. But there was blood on, the wall, like, the entryway hmm. to, uh, like, the, the threshold of the door. Like, mm-hmm. there, was, there was footprints going out and footprints going in, which made them able to determine that she left but then was brought back in. Cause they must have been strong. Fr- well, it was two of them. What, what kind of neighborhood? I need to see what kind of neighborhood they live I in. And they like, say what, that the neighborhood's pretty nice. So maybe everybody was at work at 
eight, but I don't nobody. know, man. I, that's that's pretty crazy. But it also could have been a predominantly black neighborhood. You know, black people mind their damn business. That's true. You know, I mean that for sure. But that's crazy that they minded their business to the point. If they did, I don't know. Mm. I'm not saying this is the uh, the witness situation like the documentary watch. Mm. But if they did mind their business, they minded their business to the point that. N- the only people that called the police were the people that killed the woman, and yeah. they did that hours later. Like, nobody that's called crazy. the police and was like, yeah, I don't know, somebody's screaming around here. That's crazy. Like, you know. They, they, took, that, they took that string on them blinds. And, uh, close them up. Close them like, up. Oh. They, they, it was probably something like, you know what? Y'all done pissed me the fuck off. Now get up and go to school. And then they were like, swap, swap, and locked the, locked the locks on the door. Mm. And then they were both like, now you can't go anywhere. Oh, shit. <laughs> Set it together. Mm. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> don't have twins, man. Just don't. Like, if you find out you're they having like, twins, they holding hands. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Want to play? Oh god. Mm. That shit is really creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> oh man. We want to play, mommy. No. You know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we could see where Nikki's bare feet exited and re-entered the door. In blood, so we could surmise that she was pulled back into the house where the where the attack resumed. Back in the house, the heinous assault continued. The girls smashed their mother over the head with a pot, stabbed her with a kitchen knife, and choked her with a ribbon with the ribbon of a medal that one of them won as a young child. Wow. How sad is that that you're being murdered by your children with like paraphernalia from from the events of them growing up, right. beating you with a trophy. Choking they you probably, with a ribbon, second place ribbon. Out. The kids? Yeah. Oh yeah, this is overkill. Yeah. They they definitely like. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend these kids because what they did was horrible. Right. But just because somebody is the birth parent to a kid, I don't think I think that every kind of uh, circumstance should be taken into account with that custody shit. The great grandmother was raising them. Mm. The mother was flip-floppy in their life, but you always have that parental trump card to go, but I'm the mother, so you get the rights. And, like, if you're able to prove that you are not a drug addict and that you have a stable home, the judge wants you to have your kids. Mm -hmm. But that's not always the best place for the kids, especially if they're getting into fights. This wasn't the first time that something had happened. They had had to go to family therapy. They had gotten into a, a fight with police right down the street. The police officer was like, the police officer knew something was going to happen. Yeah. He was in there and said, when I leave, they don't like each other, so I'm going to stick around. Mm-hmm. And he was right. Well, he knew, yeah. That's, you could see it just by spending five minutes with them that they don't like each other. That's why I said they didn't even, they didn't even wait. Like, no. I'm talking about the kid, the girls. No, they didn't as soon even as this cop leaves, <laughs> we're going to fuck you up. They really did not like their mom, you know? That's crazy. So I'm just saying, man, I understand that, you know, you want, your, want kids to be with their parents. But if parents don't want to, if kids don't want to be with their parents, you should look more into that and not just be like, well, they're kids. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to be, you know, defiant and not want to follow rules, but their places with their parents. Sometimes it just, it, it doesn't work, man. And you got to put them in a stable environment mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like, we're going to put them with their parent. That might not be the stable environment. Now, I'm not saying it's the mom's fault that she's dead. I would never say that. But this, this, this didn't happen out of the blue. This was a building of years and years of anger and resentment and frustration. And one day the mom said something just just a little bit the wrong way, a little bit too much sass, a little too aggressive. And they it set them off. 
And they, you know, they did what they did. And it was horrible. Yeah, so um, they choked her with a ribbon from uh, um, a competition that they had won. And then they dragged their mother's body into the tub where they left her to die and then went to school. In the recording of the confession, the detective asked Jazz what Nikki said when she was in the tub. And Jazz said, kill me now or I'll kill y'all. Which I don't know if I believe that a woman, that's some Rambo shit. Like that's something The Rock says in a movie (laughs) while he's being tortured by the Yakuza or something. A woman, just an everyday woman, stabbed, beaten, dying in a tub said, kill me now because if you don't, I'm going to kill you. I think that they said that to make them, to try to help their case to seem like it was self-defense. You know, I don't, these girls oh, haven't earned the right for me to just believe that. what they say. Oh, no. I you think, think mom was I a think, soldier? Yeah, I you think, think she, she, she already knew tough. she didn't like them, so. That's tough. And she, bitch, you, bitch, you better kill me. And at that point, she understand what was, what was about to happen, what was going on. She like, all right, well, y'all better take me out. Because if you don't, this, this isn't just over. If I don't die. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, I'm coming I back. She, I think she said that. It's going to be around two <laughs> if you don't kill me, bitch. You know. It, bitches. I, yeah, you Both bitches. Uh. The detective said, what happened then? And Jazz said, she went under a couple times, and then that was it. Mm. So she was in and out of consciousness, and then she died. So they saw her die, and then they packed their bag up, got their book bag, and their little binder with a little photo of Lil Bow Wow in it or whatever mm. that girls at, in the mid-2000s were doing. Mm-hmm. And that was 2010. Who was hot in 2010? Chris Brown. Got the little Chris Brown folder. You know how you, you print out the piece of paper and slide it in the laminate the binder? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, a picture of a Hummer, you know? And then they got their shit and they went to school and just went to lunch and shit and had a school day or a half a school day and then came home and tried to put on the acting performance of a lifetime. After they they were there until they saw their mother die. And then they came home and was like, oh my God, my, my mother's dead, you know? But what's crazy is they can, like a, a CSI person can... They can like the they can tell the postmortem. So they're like, if if they go, well, you said you left at seven. She died at seven. Mm-hmm. You know, because they can tell like how long of somebody's been dead by the how long their body's been sitting, and they can tell all that shit. So they can tell all that shit and then compare that to your statement that you mm-hmm. gave. But it didn't even have to go that deep because they had so many bad stories because they're two dumb sixteen year old kids. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So this detective said, I'm sure that their confession was self-interested. They were looking out for themselves and had been coached by attorneys. And they said enough to live up to their part of the plea. By the time the twins served their 30-year sentences, they will be in their 40s. And their great-grandmother, Della Fraser, hopes they will someday get out and have a productive life. Which is possible. I mean, they'll be getting out at 40. They could tell their story and maybe help kids who you know come from aggressive homes and i don't know but that was the story of um of nikki whitehead and the twin terrors Mm. shout out to crime watch daily for that one it's a cool name yeah jazz and taz were on a rampage (laughs) but yeah so um that was my affirmative murder what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and we come back it's Fran's turn to close out the show so stay tuned all right, folks, and we are back. Uh, Fran, it is your turn to close out the show this week. Are you ready to tell me your affirmative murder? Yeah, I am. <clears throat> are you ready for this? I don't know. You, am I? 
No, I don't think you Okay, all right. Well, but you better get ready. Okay. All right. So my favorite murder this week is Richard Trenton Chase. Okay. You heard him? No. Okay. <clears throat> Dick Chase. I guess you won't call him that. Well, yeah. So uh, Richard Trenton Chase mm-hmm. was an American serial killer <clears throat> Excuse me, who killed six people in a span of a month in Sacramento, California. Oh, wow. His nickname was the Vampire of Sacramento. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So you ready? I think so. That's a okay. big uh, introduction. Okay. There we go. Bed buckling, brother. That's my uh, my impersonation of um Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I'm solid. Give it a, <laughs> a, a, a seven seven point five. Uh, so Chase was a native of Santa Clara, California. Mm-hmm. He was abused by his parents, and by the age of ten, he exhibited he exhibited evidence of all three parts of the McDonald Triad. Have you heard of that? Is that the brain damage? Kills animals. One of them kills animals, yeah. right? Animal cruelty. And then wet, wet the bed. Bed wetting. And then brain damage, right? Arson. 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 Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. So, if a kid, I think, I think is at is either at a young age mm-hmm. or when you get past a certain age, if they show all three of those or two of the three of those, um, three of those type of uh, you know, um, signs uh-huh. that it Traits, may cause, tendencies. yeah, it may cause. Future violent acts. Yeah, I mean, if a 12-year-old kid is burning things, wetting the bed, and hurting animals, that's Michael Myers. I don't care if yeah. it, who, <laughs> a girl, a boy, whatever, that is not a healthy thing for somebody to be doing. And mm-hmm. then when it turns, like, 15, when it gets over, yeah. anything over 7 of bedwetting, that, that's that's manageable. Right. But then you go bedwetting and she kicks cats, mm-hmm. now it's like red flag. Oh, and also she burned down the garage. It's like, oh, you need to take her to a hospital. Like yep. she might be something's wrong with that yeah. person. Yeah. So if you show three of those type of acts, then it it is probably going to have some type of future, some kind of future violent tendencies. So in his adolescence, he was known as an alcoholic and a chronic drug abuser. Mm. So Chase developed um, hypochondria as he matured. He often complained that his that his heart would occasionally stop beating, or that someone had stolen stolen his pul- pulmonary artery. Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how you would... Somebody stole something out of my heart? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yes. That's almost as crazy as when that lady told me that my dick was bleeding. <laughs> if somebody came up to me and was like, did you steal something from my heart? Did you, did you steal my pulmonary artery? I'd right, be like, excuse me? What? <laughs> click, click. Lock the doors. We don't, the conversation's over now. Yeah. Yep. He would hold, or, he would hold oranges on... What? Okay, here we go. He would hold, he would hold oranges on his head, believing vitamin C would be absorbed by his brain wow. via diffusion. Why wouldn't you just eat the orange, bro? You are so dumb. That's crazy. You are really why dumb. Just, <laughs> for real. Why wouldn't you just eat the orange? The vitamin C would be absorbed if you would just eat the. Why right. wouldn't you just eat the orange? <laughs> for that's, God, that's put crazy. Him on his head and think he's gonna, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna it sucks in, in yeah. through the brain cells. Wow. Yep. So Chase also believed that his cranial bones had become separated and were moving around so he shaved his head to be able to watch this activity oh so this dude is bananas this dude is nuts <laughs> this dude that's why I said are you ready this dude it, it gets worse what? this dude is nuts bro like I read this and I was like so I he got- thought his skull bones was shifting around and yes. so his solution was 
I'm just gonna cut all the hair off my head. This dude is nuts, wow. man. He's it's, right. it's yeah, it's crazy. So after living with his mother, after live after leaving his mother's house, mm-hmm. um, believing believing she was attempted to poison him. Oh, Chase rented an apartment with friends. I didn't know. I didn't think he would have friends. Yeah, you know, who who, who are his friends? <laughs> <laughs> That's a house I want to have a camera in. I don't want to be anywhere near it. But I would love to sit like, get your hands out my pocket. <laughs> Everybody's just like screaming at each other and doing crazy. Whip, 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 whip. Tin <laughs> foil hats on and shit. I'm about to say it. <laughs> Got the point at the top of it and shit. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, wow. so Chase ran an apartment with his friends. Chase's roommates complained that that he was constantly high on alcohol, marijuana, and LSD. Damn. Chase would also walk around the apartment nude, <laughs> even in front of company. With an yeah. orange on your head? Yep. <laughs> wow. Trying to figure out who stole his polymer. Hello, right. ghosts. <laughs> saying crazy shit to people like, they in there trying to watch, you know, the Wayans brothers uh-huh. like, hello, demons. You noticed that I'm getting my vitamin C today. <laughs> <laughs> like, fade out of the, back out of the room. They're like, yeah, that's just, he, that's just Rick. He like in there with like a robe and no clothes on. He's like, Looking under the fucking couch and open doors and cabinets, like I'm looking for Where's my, my pulmonary yeah. artery at? <laughs> have y'all like, seen? Fuck is this fucking- Ruth Ann? <laughs> Ruth Ann, have you seen my pulmonary artery? Like, no, Rick, we have not seen your pulmonary <laughs> artery. Look, man, he pays the rent on time. He doesn't you like, bother. But you like in the room, so you see, you get the doorway. You see him walking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Could I left that pulmonary artery hanging on the key hook. One of y'all move my pulmonary artery. Oh man! Wow. So, uh, yeah, so he walked around nude in front of company. Chase's roommates demanded that he move out. When he refused, the roommate said, fuck this, we out of here. Wow, they left. <laughs> Damn. You keep the place. It's, it's cool, <laughs> just man. Have, you just keep everything. I don't get any furniture and clothes. You just keep it all. I'm not walking back in this house. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, like, what did... Sitting asshole naked on the, cur- on the couch. <laughs> what, I mean, how did they meet, like... They must have had uh, to get Craig's high together. Add, maybe. I, or... I think they probably got high together, but he got like he, he went they didn't to know how crazy other, he was. He went to a whole another level when getting high. Like yeah, you know we usually just shoot up with with Rick and then we go and we get high. But so he's usually quiet. Uh, but on, on his downtime when he's not getting high, that's a strange cat. You know, <laughs> I've seen his dick and balls more times than I would like to Whoa. admit. Th- they did. <laughs> Clearly, they saw it enough that they were like. We're breaking our lease. You know how much you got to pay to break a lease? And if this wasn't the squatting situation, like they were up on the up and up paying rent on under contract, they were like, we don't want our safety deposit back. Uh, like, fuck it. <laughs> we're out, man. Yeah. So once once alone in an apartment, excuse me, now he by himself. Uh, so once alone in an apartment, Chase began to capture, capture kill, and dis- disembowel various animals. Come on. Which Just he in the would, house? Yeah. Which he would devour raw. Sometimes mixing this is sometimes mixing raw organs with Coca Cola in a blender and drinking that concoction. Come on, man! <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah. Come on, what? come on, man! So he, so he would just take some guts and shit from a dog or mm-hmm. something, and pour Coke into the blender, and then blend that up. Like now it's now it's right. Now he got Before, a Coke. He got yeah. his Coke in his mouth. Coke, now. the Coke. Is what takes it over the top. Yeah. Without the coke, it's nasty. And then like <laughs> pour it and bring it all the way up, like be all, fa- be all fancy. <laughs> Throw a couple ice cubes. In. Throw it off his elbow. 
<laughs> salt bay, salt bay the ice cubes into the blender. Wow, this dude is really making intestinal milkshakes and root beer float or Coca Cola floats in a, in a house by himself because yeah. everybody left. Yep. I guess he he's was by like, himself now. He was like, oh, now oh, I can really oh. be myself. Wow. Letting every letting everything now fly I can now. really be me. Let your freak flag fly. Yep. But do you know why he drunk it though? D- do I? Do you? Get a guess? Blood? No. Chase believed that by ingesting this, ingesting the creatures, he was preventing his heart from shrinking. Come on, man. What science <laughs> is that? Where is that science? Did you think he's Jeepers Creepers? That's what Jeepers Creepers would do in the movie. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. You are not Jeepers Creepers, man. Wow. This dude is nuts, man. So he thought if I eat a pulmonary artery, I will replace my... Why is it so focused on the heart? I don't know. I don't know. That's wild. He's taking these raw animals and just putting them in a blender with You can coke. get rabies, <laughs> salmonella. You can get so much stuff from eating. You don't care. Oh. He's like, man, I got my, my drink. I got my orange on my head. It's going to be a great day today. Walk around the house just <laughs> butt naked with a with a mug full of the grossest oh, shit yeah. I've ever heard of. Watching reruns on mm. TV. Yeah, so Chase spent a brief time... A brief time at a psychiatric ward in 1973. Good. In 1976, Chase was involuntarily committed to a mental institution upon being taken to a hospital after injecting rabbit's blood into his veins. Wow. Yeah. So the staff nicknamed nicknamed him Dracula. I think Frank did that in the episode Always Sunny. He's like, I'm trying to get real vascular. (laughs) I've been injecting blood. (laughs) They were like, you're just... You're just filled to the brims with blood? He's like, yeah, man, I want to get real real veiny, that real veiny look. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they called, they nicknamed him Dracula because of his blood, his blood fixation. He broke the necks of two birds he caught through the institution window and drank their blood. Come on, man. Yeah. He also extracted blood from the therapy dogs with stolen syringes. <laughs> That's crossing the line. You can't be fucking with dogs, man. That's yeah, not man. cool, man. So Chase was promptly diagnosed with paranoid paranoid schizophrenia yeah. after ongoing after undergoing a battery of treatments involving psych, psychotropic drugs. Mm-hmm. Chase was deemed yeah Chase was deemed no longer a danger to society. Well, I mean, to but me. when you do that, it's like the only reason they do that is because you're basically a zombie. Once they put you on those drugs and you know you, but most of the times people don't stick with those once you're not under surveillance because. They don't make you. They make you feel not the same. Mm-hmm. You sleep all day, or you just don't feel like yourself. Maybe you don't want to make blood Coca Cola drinks. You're like, oh man, this medicine makes me not feel like me. Mm-hmm. So once I get out of here, I'm not gonna do that anymore. But once you are on those drugs in the facility, up to that point where they're like, oh, he's acting normal now. Where they, where they send you home with all them drugs, also. Yeah, but and they don't send you home. With, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So they send. They send. They you take all these these medication while you in there. Uh huh. Then they send you home. They say, "Okay, he's fine now." Yeah. Send you home. Like keep he taking these. Take, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. He yeah. needs to take, he need keep taking this medication for him to act this way so yes. he'll be fine. So, um, yeah. So Chase was deemed no longer a danger to society. Uh-huh. And later in 1976, he was released to his mother's into his mother's custody. Mm-hmm. So Chase's mother weaned weaned him off the medication. Wow. And got him got him another apartment. Wow. Yep. By himself. So she. So she stopped him from doing the things that were keeping him okay and then just released him back out into the world. Yeah, so she came home with the medication. I don't want you taking this medication. Why? Because that's her son. Yeah. This so, doesn't make you right. It yeah, doesn't make you act exactly. right. So 
He got an apartment. I'm sorry, he didn't get an apartment. He didn't get the apartment by himself yet. Okay. He got himself his own apartment and shared with some more roommates. Wow. So he initially shared the apartment with roommates before all of them moved out. So that this didn't last. This is a long. new situation. This is the whole new apartment and roommates. I don't know even how long. They didn't say how Sacramento's long. Sacramento's not a big place, man. I would have thought that the word would have got spread around from the other his old roommates. Like, oh, you want a room with Rick? Yeah, man, don't do that. Nope. I think these probably was like random Craigslist. Because they wasn't there people long. People not in his circle. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing they wasn't there long because they said he shared the apartment until eventually he moved out. Yeah. So He's like, okay, this guy's First time weird. he had his dick out, he's like, whoa, yeah. all right. Well, I didn't pack, unpack my shit anyway. Just I wanted to feel it out. So I'm going to get my stuff, <laughs> and y'all have a good day. Yep. So thus leaving Chase on his own once again. Later, investigation uncovered that in, 19, in the mid-1977, Chase was stopped and arrested on a reservation in the Pyramid Lake. You know about that? It's in no. Nevada, you know. Mm-mm. Pyramid Lake, in the Pyramid Lake area, his body was smeared with blood and a bucket of blood was found in his truck. Wow. The blood was determined to be a to be Cal's blood and no charges were filed. So this dude's out here slaughtering animals yeah. and getting the blood, putting it in buckets, putting it on him. And he was Shot driving around. Man. Yeah, with a bucket of blood in his truck. This car probably smelled oh. awful. God, just riding around bloody? So this way it gets gets pretty dark. Um, it's been dark, man. But continue, <laughs> please. On December 29th, 1977, Chase killed his first known victim in a drive-by shooting. The victim, Ambrose Griffin, was a 51-year-old engineer and a father of two. Wait, what? Wait. Yeah. Wait. You just told me all this shit that this guy has been doing. Uh-huh. And the first time he killed somebody, it was in a drive-by? drive-by. Yep, that's the same thing I thought. <laughs> wow. That's so anticlimactic. <laughs> just had some beef. He had to just settle the beef with this guy. That's I'm guessing. Crazy. Yeah, he a just drive by. Yeah. So he attempted to enter the home of a woman two weeks later, but because her doors was locked, he walked away. <laughs> All right. Chase later told detectives that he took he took locked doors as a sign that he was not welcome. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's what they do mean. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but unlocked doors just mean were an invitation in. for me to come in. Wow. He was once caught and chased off by a couple returning home as he pilfered their belongings. Mm-hmm. He had al- he had also urinated and defecated on their inf- infant's child's bed and clothing. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> this dude is fucking crazy. This dude is nuts. Shit, man. Told you. On January twenty third, 19- wait, wait, wait. Let me just wait. sit in that for oh. a second. So he broke into these people's house. Yep. Well, he tried to break into some. First, he tried to go to somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Door was locked. Okay. They don't want me here. So I move on. Away. Yep. Go to another house. As just by the laws of God or whatever, locked doors mean I'm not welcome. Yeah. Unlocked doors mean I'm, invi- I'm invited. Yep. So, so he, he goes to another house. Doors unlocked. Okay, they want me to come in here. Open the door. They're not home. Grab some Steal stuff. some shit. Put it by the door. Yep. Then before he left, he went upstairs. Took a shit in the baby's bed yep. and pissed on the I'm bed. I'm going to leave. Oh, wait. I got the bubble guts. Yeah. Run back upstairs. Use the toilet. There's ghosts in the bathroom. Why would I use the toilet? There's ghosts in there. <laughs> I need to use some. I got to go somewhere else. Yeah. Because the demons. Yeah. Poops and pees on a child. All, All right. over. <laughs> All right. Come on, man. That's, that's flag number two, man. That's just grotesque, man. You didn't have to do sound effects <laughs> of the bubble guts. What? I'm, tr- I'm trying to. I'm trying to so you can get a good feel of the situation. You are just you are different now. 
<laughs> what? Dark, man. Dark and continue your story. Okay. Thank you. So as I was saying, he was everything wiped. Probably took the blankie, kids blankie wiped, throw it, <laughs> and then just left. I'm done. And then left. And left. Yep. Wow. wow. Yeah. <sighs> Disgusting. Is, yeah. So on January twenty third, nineteen seventy eight, Chase broke into a house and shot Teresa Teresa Whalen or Wylan. She was also three months pregnant at the time. She shot. He shot her three times. Gets gets bad. Uh, and then he had, he then had sexual intercourse with her corpse, mm. while stabbing her with a butcher knife. Come on. He then removed multiple organs, cut what off one of her nipples. The baby was in there. Yep. Cut off one of her nipples, drank her blood. Oh. Ready for this? No. He stuffed dog feces. From Waylon's yard down her throat before leaving. Come on, man. I'm going to let that one sit for a little bit. So her door was unlocked? I would assume so. Wow. That's 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 so fucked up. So he shot her, and I'm assuming she was dead. And then he raped her and stabbed her while he raped her. Yep. And then he cut out her organs. Yep. And then he stuffed dog shit down her cut throat. Cut her nipples off, drunk her blood, and oh, then man. went outside, grabbed dog shit, and stuffed dog shit down her throat. Sometimes you just hear some shit, and it just you're like, "How is that uh, the same kind of being as me?" That's crazy. You know, like it's th- that guy's also a person. You know, like he's a human and I'm a human. Yep. But he was able to do that. That's crazy, and disgusting. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's so fucked up. On January 27th, Chase entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Morth. He encountered her friend, Danny Meredith, whom he shot with his 22 handgun, then took Meredith's wallet and car keys. Mm-hmm. He then fatally shot Meredith mm. and her 6-year-old son, Jason, Come on, man. and her 22-month-old nephew, David Fiera. Wow. Before engaging in necrophilia and cannibalism with Meredith's corpse, Uh visitors knock on the door and startle Chase, who fled in Meredith's car, taking Fiera's body with him. And that's the the 22-month-old nephew. For what? I don't know. Um, The visitors alerted a neighbor who called police. Do you think he took the kid, like, to have, like... A little extra blood, like I don't know. I'm gonna. This is like, uh, like a gogurt, like a gogurt kid. Like I'm gonna take him with me, but he's portable, so I can get some blood and whatever. Cause like he killed him, right? Yeah, he shot all. He shot everybody. That's a fucking to walk in on that. But he took. So they walked in and he ran out with a kid, like under a dead kid under his arm, dropped in the car. Yeah, unless he ran out the back. Well, he he had the car, so he just he just darted to the car and just pulled off. No, they can't really do nothing then. I yeah. Mean, also, you gotta like try to see if anybody's alive. You walk in. Yeah. If if I walk in on that, I think my priority is like if I see that the person is fleeing, mm. I'm like, well, let me see if anybody's alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, but I don't know. Sometimes your instincts. Yeah, for me, you see somebody running, you're like chase. Yeah, but I don't know. For me, I will be. I'll be I'll be in shock. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what. Yeah, the fuck yeah. I, just, 
I'd be like, because that sounds like a a bloodbath. That oh, sounds yes. like that's not a a chill crime scene if there ever was one. But that definitely isn't it. If that you know, I mean, wow. That's scary. So, yeah, visitors knocked on the door, started a chase. He fled with Meredith's car, took Fierra's, I hope I'm saying his name right, Fierra's body with him. The visitors alerted neighbors who called the police. They discovered that Chase had left perfect handprints and shoe prints in Meredith's blood. Chase was arrested shortly afterwards. Police who searched Chase's apartment found that the walls, floor, ceiling, refrigerator, and all of Chase and all of Chase's eating and drinking utensils were soaked in blood. Oh. So his, his apartment was disgusting. Just blood, all kinds of blood every fucking way, and don't wash dishes. Oh, eating blood with spoons. Oh, I can't even like. That's disgusting. That's gross as shit, and that's just so. That's what's scariest about this guy, is that the the progression isn't. He oh, as soon as he started killing people, he already didn't give a fuck. It wasn't like a little timid killing, like his first killing. Drive-by shooting. Mm. I guess that's a little more... T- that's the most timid killing that he did. Mm. But from there, he went to, like, doing horrific shit yeah. and didn't care about wearing gloves or 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 anything. He just was like, I, I butcher people. To me, it's like, the shit he was doing is like... Like, shit was just popping in his head at random times. Like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do... Like, he wasn't like... It wasn't like... I'm gonna this go get is some his, shit from the backyard. Yeah, it's, it's not like he, this was his thing. Like, yeah. he did this he to everybody. Yeah, it, it was, was no pattern. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, shit, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Fuck like, this kid. Shot a kid. Shot another kid. You know, he and then... I don't know if he was raping anybody. If he had any... He, he, he messed around with the woman of the house, the, right? Yeah, and that the kid, women, So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Um... So in 1979, Chase stood trial on six counts of murder. In order to avoid the death penalty, he shouldn't be. I mean, the def, the defense tried to have him found guilty of second-degree murder, which would result in a life sentence. Their case hinged on Chase's history of mental illness, and it suggested that his crimes were not premeditated. I mean, they were premeditated because he went door to door, and if the door was locked. He went, okay, well, then I'm I mean, not yeah, going to go. He said it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, on May 8th, the jury found Chase guilty of six counts of first-degree murder and rejected the argument that he was not guilty by reason of insanity, sentenced him to die in the gas, sentenced him to die in the gas chamber. Mm. Um, his fellow inmates, uh, aware of the graphic and bizarre nature of Chase's crimes, feared him. Ain't nobody <laughs> fuck with this guy. <laughs> Like okay. at the ver- at the very least, even if you are the toughest oh, guy, okay. like in the jail, huh. he might like if you rape him or something, he might just like shit on you or oh, something crazy, ugh. you know? Like he, he's he's off the chain. Yeah. So just leave him alone. Oh yeah, don't fuck just, with that just, guy. Just, just leave him alone, yeah. man. So they feared him, and according to prison officials, often tried to persuade Chase to commit suicide. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so Chase granted a series of interviews by Robert Ressler during which he spoke of his fears of Nazis and UFOs. Wow. Yeah. Did they talk about his crimes? I don't know. (laughs) Claiming that although he had killed, it was not his fault. Wow. He had been forced to kill to keep himself alive, um, which he believed any person would do. He asked Rustler to give... (laughs) He asked Rustler to give him access to a radar gun, which would... Which with which he could apprehend the Nazi UFOs, so that the Nazis could stand trial for his murder, for the murders of Jews, for him, for his murders. 
Oh, because they made him do yeah. it. Yep. Wow. You know something, man? <laughs> I totally understand killing this. I don't even want to call him a human. Killing that just because it shouldn't be on the planet. But again, in a circumstance like that, it's like, what do you get from that? Because that guy so clearly has no idea what's going on. There's no like- remorse. There's no uh, fear. There's no accepting of like, I did something wrong and now I'm going to die for it. They're just like, so are you nervous about being executed? You know the Nazis fly over the jail when I'm here still. Mm-hmm. Can you get me a radar gun? You're like, what the what? <laughs> You're like, he just, he's not there, man. Yeah. I just, I feel like people like this, they should do intense study on a brain. Yes, or I, something. I am fascinated by what it, what how you get to that. Right. That is what I mean. That is that case that you just did is why I love this podcast. Those are the kind of stories, you know what I mean? Like I've done some stories about, you know, gang. I've done, you know, I've done some, mm-hmm. I've done Tookie Williams and I did uh, the kid from, from Chicago who I can't remember his name right now. So I've done some ones that aren't mentally enthralling and like mind blowing, mm-hmm. but those kind of stories, I'm like, yeah, man, don't kill that guy because right. you want to know if that, if, if that is a, a symptom of something that you could see in somebody else. Yeah. It's just with like the three, the three things you said, like the, the burning make, and the, make, the, the, the McDonald, uh, triad. Yeah. That had to come from studying these kinds yeah. of people. It's just, that's why I love doing cases like these, because when it comes to the brain, it's like, I wish you can just, you can just like plug it up to something and just like, see it, see, see what's it. going like, on. Like, what does he is, see? Right. Is, like, you know? that shit is, how was, how was, how do you, piece just a person and you like shit that's not that doesn't exist is just like telling you to do shit yeah like yeah that's insane like that's why i like split personalities that's why i like that shit because it's just it's just it's amazing if i can just sit there and just read about that shit all day i would yeah um so he also wait okay so he yeah he asked him for a radar gun in which he could apprehend the nazi ufo so the nazis could stand for the trials for, for the murders he also handed wrestler a large amount of macaroni and cheese. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening, but I like. Say That's it again. why I waited. Yeah. I was like, "What?" <laughs> so he also handed wrestler a large amount of macaroni and cheese. This is the guy that's interviewing him. Yeah, he handed. He just had guy. some macaroni and cheese with and, him. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you. He had. He handed wrestler a large amount of macaroni and cheese, which he had been, which he had been hoarding in his pants pocket. Come on. Believing that the prison officials were in the league with the Nazis and attempting to kill him with poison food. So he wanted him to te- like go take this to the labs. Yeah. What type of Napoleon Dynamite shit is that, man? You just got food in your pe- in your pockets. You know how gross that is? Because, you know, it's like, back and cheese, like, hey, man, can and you do like, me a it's favor? It's like jail macaroni and cheese, too. It's all watery. Can you take this uh, to the lab and test it for Nazi poison? And I'd have been like, uh, yeah, yeah, man, way. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, because I'm not going to piss him off. Oh, Take yeah. a napkin. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll test that. Yeah, I'll test it. Trash. Yep. Um, so on December 26, 1980, Chase Chase was found in his cell, not breathing. An autopsy found that he committed suicide with an overdose of pre of pre prescribed wait. Of prescribed antidepressants that he had s- saved over several weeks. Oh, were they giving him antidepressants in jail? Probably. He's probably tucking them in his tongue, went back, put them in a cup of some kind mm, till he had 15 or so or whatever, and then just went out. Yep, so that was Chase uh, Richard Chase. His photo was creepy as fuck. I will post that. Um, he looks like a creep. So your two missions are post the Richard video. Chase, 
and then the video of the yep. old ladies yep. with Alzheimer's. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cool. Um, wow. <coughs> yeah, man. I Richard told you. Chase, Dick Chase, Richard Trenton Chase. No, Nick, the vampire of Scranton, Sacramento. Sacramento. I got the office on the brain. <laughs> um, wow, that yeah. was nuts. Yeah, man. Wow. Okay. Well, since we got that out of the way, we did our fucked up shit. I actually have a new segment that I would like to introduce here for the first time to not only the listeners, but to you as well. Yep. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to ask you to prepare yourself. Okay. And now, it's time for True Crime's Hottest Game Show. Frazzle Friend! Frazzle Friend! Frazzle Fran, Frazzle Fran, solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay. He's a superstar either way. Look out, it's time for Frazzle Fran. That's right, folks. It is time for the hottest game show in America. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah? Yes, it is the game show known as Frazzle Fran, because one of my favorite pastimes is to ask Fran to solve a mystery or riddle and watch him get flustered, flummoxed, frustrated, and frazzled. So, the new game show is called Frazzle Fran. Fran, are you ready to play? Oh, man, hold on, give me a second. (laughs) It took me a while. Huh? All right, I'm ready. Come on, let's go. Okay, all right, all right. All right, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Shauna was killed one Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. The police know who they are going to arrest from this bit of information. Mm -hmm. April was getting the mail. Alyssa was doing the laundry. Reggie was cooking. Mark was planting in the garden. Who killed Shauna and how did the police know who to arrest? Okay. Shauna was who? She wanted to get killed. Shauna was killed one Sunday morning. Okay. I'll read that again. I need to read that Okay, okay. <clears throat> Shauna was killed one Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. The police know who they are going to arrest from this bit of information. April was getting the mail. Alyssa was doing the laundry. Reggie was cooking. Mark was planting in the garden. So who killed Shauna and how did the police know who to arrest? Okay, so Alyssa was getting the mail. Mm-hmm. That's because she was outside talking to me, so it wasn't her. Um, who was cooking breakfast? Mark cooking. Reggie was cooking. Reggie was cooking. Mm-hmm. Who was outside playing? Mark was outside. Playing. Mark was outside playing. That's my final answer. Mark is your final answer. Yeah. That is incorrect. It's Sunday. You work at the post office, and somehow you think that you were giving somebody mail. You failed. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I picked this one as the intro to the segment because I was like, I mean, he's got to get this one, right? But you not only so got it wrong, it? you inserted yourself into this, <laughs> into the riddle, and you work at the post office. I didn't even think about that. Uh, April was today getting, is Sunday. April was getting the Yeah, today is Sunday. Okay. You're off. April was getting the mail, uh-huh. and you think that April couldn't have killed Shauna because you were giving her the mail. So you made yourself an alibi <laughs> for April. You made yourself an accomplice to murder by saying, oh, no, well, I, just, I know for a fact April was getting the mail because I gave her her mail well, just on because, a Sunday. Just because she was getting the mail doesn't mean she didn't do it. Doesn't mean she did it. You can get the mail on Sunday. The mail's already in the box. Not fresh mail. 
It could have been mail from yesterday. How do you know that? But people get their mail all the time. Look, man. No, they don't. Try, no, they don't. Look, wait, 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 wait. Look, you're gonna no, try to inject don't. your mailman uh, historical facts into this. You're gonna no, ruin. You're gonna ruin the riddle. That's false. For riddle's sake, you get the mail out of the mailbox when it comes every day. Nope. And on this Sunday, nope. there was no mail in the mailbox. No, that's not how it works. People don't get their mail every. <laughs> people don't get their mail every day. Some so people don't get their mail every day. I check so, my mailbox every day. No, you don't. There's no mail in my mailbox. No, you don't. I guarantee you don't check No, I don't. I guarantee. I guarantee. I will put $100 right now on this table that you don't check your mail every day. The fact of the matter is, (laughs) in the world of the riddle, the mail does not come on Sunday, so her alibi does not work. April is the killer. Not And that's the one that Mark. That's the one that was getting the mail? That's the one who was getting the mail. Nah, that's a bad riddle. I don't like that That's a bad riddle. That's a bad one. Because you can get your mail on Sunday. Nope. You got another one? Either no, it's one. It's one per segment. Either well, way, either you way, you failed on this frazzle, whatever this thing is called. <laughs> frazzle. What is it called? Frazzled. You get frazzled. Wow. So okay, so you're gonna attack the riddle and attack me because you don't know that mail doesn't come on Sundays. Wow. I just didn't think about it. All right. Well, then don't attack me. You didn't do a good job. <laughs> well, come back better next time. I don't believe you check your mail every day. But look, man, let's not turn this into a personal attack about when I check my mailbox and when I don't. For the riddle's sake, mail doesn't come on Sunday, so there wasn't any mail in the mailbox. Right, so April man, lied. You got me, man. Thank but you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for owning it. I didn't get it. frazzled, if that's what. I don't know I why don't... you're saying it that way, but all right. What is it called? Frazzled, man. It's a word. I like that, man. I like yeah, that. Yes, you got frazzled. That was fun. I was able to frazzle friend this week, folks. So that's right. <laughs> so you check in next week while I try to once again frazzle friend. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, y'all. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.